So about four years ago, this church went on a missions trip to Vermont, and they broke us up into a whole bunch of different groups, and I was in a group with a bunch of people that I didn't know. And we were working on a house. We were actually painting it for some people, and when it got time to go up to like the higher parts of the, like the, the building and the roof, it was like a two-story house, um, no one wanted to do it. So I had to go do it, and I really don't like heights too much, but if you're a guy and you've ever been on a mission trip before, you know this one simple fact, that you need to show off, that you cannot be that guy who doesn't want to do it. So there were a bunch of girls in my group, and you know, I had to do it. It's, and it's not even about like showing off to the girls, it's about proving that you're a man, you know what I mean? That, that you're willing to get up there, and you're willing to do it. So sh- sure enough, I get my paint, and I go all the way up to the top on this ladder, and it's it's leaning, I mean, it's stretched out far. And so it was a little scary. It was wobbling a little bit, and no one was holding it for me. The rest of my group was just watching on the bottom. And I'm up there painting, and all of a sudden this bee comes by and starts buzzing in my face. And now I'm two stories high. So this is, this is pretty high up right now. And so I'm just messing around, and I'm like, I'm just going to ignore it. I'm just going to ignore it. But now it starts to get in my face. And so it, I see it land on the side. So I decide that I'm going to smack this bee with the brush. This was a really bad idea, guys. If you are ever up on a ladder that high and you decide to smack something, it will move your balance a little bit. And I didn't realize that. So I go and I smack the bee. And as I do that, I fall off the ladder on two stories. And the best part was, as I'm falling down, the paint can fell all over my face. So not only did I just try to show off and fail, now I'm covered in paint from head to toe. It's a miracle that I didn't get hurt. I I don't know how that works. But I was a little lopsided on that ladder. And uh, another thing that I thought of when I was getting ready for this series was me and my friends, when we were in high school, we thought it was really cool to film each other doing crazy things. I I don't know if that's still cool, but when I was in high school, that was like the coolest thing you can do. And in every friend group, there's that one kid who like will do anything that everyone else does. Well, in my friend group, there were like three or four kids that would do that. So that was really good because we can get our friends to do everything. And we were at my one friend's house and we were videotaping us doing like all these crazy things and my one friend decided that he was gonna jump from my friend's house onto this tree that was really high in the air and then he was just gonna kind of like walk his way down. So <laughs> sure enough, he gets a running start off my, friend, off my friend's house and he actually hits the tree. And we were astonished that he actually made it to the tree. We thought he was just going to fall right down. And he actually hit the tree. And he just, he's kind of like clinging onto the top like this a little bit. You know what I mean? He's got his legs wrapped around it. And the tree just slowly starts to lean back like this. And he, it snaps and he falls right on his back all the way to the ground. And I have all this on film. I, w- I really was trying to get it for tonight to show you guys, but I couldn't find it. And the best part was is that my friend's mom was really overprotective. She was like that crazy mom. You know what I'm talking about? And so me being the best friend that I am, I went and I showed his mom the film of what I just took. And she got him in the car and she took him to the emergency room. And he was like, Mom, there's nothing wrong but she made him sit there and he actually had messed up his back a little bit and like something happened with like the vertebrae in his back but it was really funny I'm so glad he did it it was worth it (laughs) but there's been something that God has been convicting my heart about and it's that my preaching has been a little lopsided lately I haven't been talking about something that God really wants me to be talking about. And I'm going to reveal to you the reason why I've been avoiding this subject. But I know he's calling me to talk about it tonight. And I was thinking about the last two series I did. And, and you know, one of them was choices. And I talked about 
the choices that we make in our life lead to consequences. And maybe during that series, you were sitting here going, Joey, I made some really bad choices in my life. These choices really affected the road that I'm walking on today. And my life is really messed up because of that. And maybe you were really hurting through that series. And I didn't address something I should have addressed in that series. Or it was maybe the series I just did called Children's Story. In part two, we talked about making a stand for the things that God has called us to make a stand for. And maybe some of you guys in this room didn't make a stand for the things you knew you should have made a stand for. Even in that series, I talked about that kid who should have made a stand, but he didn't. He ended up really wrecking his life because of that. Maybe you can relate to that tonight. Maybe you've made some really bad choices and you're hurting because of that. Well, here's what I want to tell you is that there's hope for you tonight. And if that's how you felt during those series, then God wants to say something to you tonight. And, it, and uh, uh, he's really convicted me that it's something that I need to be more um, cautious with and I need to talk about more. And so he led me to this scripture this week. And, and this isn't the scripture that we're going to be taking most of our time with, but this is just really just to set up the problem tonight and really show you why it's so important that we listen to this message tonight. And this is going to be in Jude chapter 1 verse 4. And this is what it says. For certain individuals whose condemnation was written about long ago have secretly slipped in among you. They are ungodly people who pervert the grace of our God into a license for immorality and deny Jesus Christ, our only sovereign Lord. And this is a big problem. And I I hope you guys get what's going on in this verse because this is something I see way too much and it really breaks my heart because way too many people pervert grace. And that's why I'm so ashamed to talk about it sometimes because I see so many people misusing it and perverting it. See, I I almost find comfort in this verse because I felt like it was a new movement that was going on. It said as long as we have Jesus, then we can do whatever we want because he'll forgive us. And people have turned it kind of like into a license, the writer of Jude says. And, And this is my license. I look like a criminal convict that just murdered someone, but I think that's how most licenses come out. But this allows me to drive in New York State and, and, and all over America, in fact. And you know what? People act like they have a get-out-of-jail card free. They say, you know, I have grace so I can go out and sleep with my boyfriend and girlfriend because God's going to forgive me, that his grace is going to be there for me. So you know what? I'm just going to do whatever I want. Or they're going to go to that party and they're going to drink and, and do drugs and they know they shouldn't be doing that. But they go, you know, I have grace. So God's going to forgive me. So who cares if I do this? Or maybe it's something smaller than that. Maybe it's just gossip. We're looking at something online they know they shouldn't be looking at. And they go, I have grace. So I can do this. And God's just going to forgive me. And I can just do whatever I want. Guys, the writer of Jude is saying that this is not an excuse to live however you want. In fact, he says that people that do this, they're ungodly. And they reject Jesus by doing this. Guys, that's why it's so important that we hear this tonight. And you know, because I see so much of this, that's why I haven't been talking about grace as much as I should have. And I hate that because I love grace so much. That's why I'm a Christian. That's why I do what I do on this stage tonight. It's because of how amazing grace is. Grace is what sets us apart from every other religion 
Every religion says, you need to work your way to God. You need to do this and you need to do that and then he'll be happy with you. Christianity is the only one that says that God favors you and it's unmerited and there's nothing you have to do but love him and accept him. C.S. Lewis knew this point really well. He was at a convention and it was a world religions convention. While he's at this convention, the men were discussing and what sets Christianity apart from every other religion. And he said, it's simple. It's grace. Grace in the form that God would come for his people who don't deserve it and love them. Man, guys, this is what gets me excited. This is what I'm really passionate about and I'm tired of hiding from it because I've seen it misused so much. And my heart is tonight, and what's at stake tonight, is that you guys see this. That grace wasn't meant to be misused. And we're going to look at a story tonight where someone really knew what grace was all about. And they cherished it. And we're going to see how we should act and how we should learn from this person. But if you're not a Christian in the room tonight, you're you're maybe confused. Because this is a little bit about an insider message tonight. Some people who know about God. Well, here's what I want to tell you. Tonight is a great night for you to be here because you can find out why people are willing to come on a Friday night and sing songs and hear about this man named Jesus. Tonight is the perfect night because that's why we're here is this whole grace idea. And I promise you that if you hear it out tonight, that it will change your life and you will never be the same because of it. That's how powerful grace really is. Or maybe you are a Christian in the room tonight and you don't know why you're here. See, I think that group is forgotten sometimes. Those of you guys who aren't really sure why you're doing all these things. Well, tonight, you get to find out the same thing. You know, there was this kid who was coming to the group for a really long time. And you know, his faith was everyone else's but his own. It was his mom's, it was his brother's, but it was never his. He never really knew why God was so important in his life. He never really understood why Jesus was so important. And because of that, he's not walking with God today. Even though he, he experienced God, he saw so many great things, he never really knew why it was so important. And so if that's you tonight, we get to talk about why it's so amazing. And so tonight we're gonna be in the book of Luke, chapter seven, and this is what it says in verse 36. When one of the Pharisees invited Jesus to have dinner with him, he went to the Pharisee's house and reclined at the table. Jesus is such a boss, just reclining at the table like that. I love that. Verse 37, a woman in that town who lived a sinful life learned that Jesus was eating at the Pharisee's house. So she came there with an alabaster jar of perfume. Verse 38, as she stood behind him at his feet weeping, she began to wet his feet with tears. Then she wiped them with her hair, kissed them, and poured perfume on them. If you guys don't know what an alabaster jar is, it was just a special expensive jar in that time that they used to hold perfume. And there's this sinful woman, and she had heard about Jesus. So she doesn't, you know, sometimes the story can be a little confusing. She doesn't just randomly come up to some guy named Jesus and do this speech. She heard about him, and she knew what was going on with his ministry. And she heard that he was healing the sick. She heard that he was forgiving sins. And so she comes and she, and she wanted that desperately, guys. See, she wanted a change in her life. She doesn't just do this for no reason. That alabaster jar that she had 
was really expensive. That's not just something you throw at someone's feet. That's to say, you know, I believe in what you are doing and I want it, Jesus. I want my sins to be forgiven. I want to be different. I want to know what this is all about. And so she falls at Jesus' hands and feet and she cries on his feet and she wipes his feet. And, then, and that was a really customary thing and it was, it was meant to show honor to that person. And so this woman, a sinful person, falls at Jesus' hands and feet because she knew he had the power to heal her life and forgive her sins. And because this is the real example of what grace should be. This is how grace should be acted out in your and my life. Grace should drive us to our hands and feet and make us fall at Jesus and say, thank you so much. We should be willing to lay down anything in our life that is getting in the way of that. And we should be willing to say, Jesus, thank you so much for this. This is a perfect sign of what grace was really meant to do, guys. See, it clicked for this woman. And what didn't click for those people in that verse, and that's why they kept twisting grace. See, this woman really understands it. Let's keep going in the story to find out a little bit more what's happening here. Go to verse 39. When the Pharisees who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, if this man were a prophet, he would know who is touching him and what kind of woman she is, that she is a sinner. And maybe some of you guys can relate to that. Maybe some of you guys know what it's like to be picked out in a crowd and people know you for the things that you've done wrong. Or maybe you've been pointing the finger at yourself. Maybe you've been overwhelmed by your sin lately and you felt judged by other people because that was certainly this woman. She knew what it was like to be judged. And I think personally she was really tired of living the sinful life that she had been living for so long. And so this Pharisee points the finger and goes, why would Jesus ever do that? And you, you know what I think is so special about this? is that Jesus doesn't do anything. He doesn't push the woman away. See, I, I think the Pharisees would have done that if, if the woman fell at their hands and their feet. No, but Jesus welcomes her and he lets her do it. For those of you guys tonight that feel like your sin is overwhelming, that it's too much, that people are pointing the finger at you going sinner, sinner, or you're pointing the finger at yourself and you're overwhelmed by your sin, Jesus doesn't push you away tonight. He welcomes you. Jesus wants to do something for you. We're gonna see a little bit what he does for this woman, but he doesn't push her away even though she's a sinner. So know, guys, that no matter what you've done, no matter how much you've messed up, Jesus is still for you and he's not gonna push you away. Let's go to the next verse. Verse 40, Jesus answered him, Simon, I have something to tell you and this is a really amazing verse because I don't know if you guys pick up what's going on here, but the Pharisee who just said that had said that in his head. That's what the Bible says. And Jesus heard everything he just said. He said that he wasn't really a prophet like he, like he says he is because he would have known that this woman is a sinner. And now Jesus is about to call this guy out for saying all the things he just did in his head. And I, I just think that is just so cool. It's such an awesome testimony to God's power. And so we'll go to, to verse 41, he says, tell me, teacher, 
Two people owed money to a certain money lender. One owed him 500 denarii and the other 50. Neither of them had the money to pay him back. So he forgave the debts of both. Now, which of them will love him more? Verse 43, Simon replied, I suppose the one who had the bigger debt forgiven. He said, you have judged correctly. So this is what Jesus is doing. And he's really setting up this Pharisee in this verse. So here's how I want to explain to you. Let's, let's say Gio owed me a dollar, right? And I, forgive, and I forgave him of that debt, right? He would be like, all right, that's cool. But you know what? It wouldn't really change his life. He wouldn't be that thankful about it. He'd be like, all right, Joey's kind of cheap. I mean, it's a dollar. It's not that big of a deal. But if I forgave Gio a, set, a, a debt of $1,000, I'm sure he'd be really happy with me. I'm sure that he would be like, dude, thank you so much. And he would be so grateful. And that's what Jesus is saying is going on here. That you know what? This woman, she lived a really sinful life so much that it was known by the people around her. Her debt was really, really big. And that's why she's falling at the hands and feet of Jesus. She realized how deep and how dark her sin really was. And what Jesus is doing here, he's saying, and then there's other people, kind of like the Pharisees, who don't really see themselves as sinful. You know, they, they haven't done anything horrible, and they haven't done anything really bad, but they had inward sin. And what Jesus is really doing is he's comparing this sinner and the Pharisee. So we'll go on to the next verse to see what Jesus says about all this. Then he turned turned the woman and said to Simon, do you see this woman? I came into your house. You did not give me any water for my feet, but she wet my feet with her tears and then wiped them with her hair. You did not give me a kiss, but this woman from the time I entered has not stopped kissing my feet. You did not put oil on my head, but she has poured perfume on my feet. Therefore I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven as her great love has shown. But whoever has been forgiven little loves little. See, guys, this Pharisee had things in his heart all wrong. It was all messed up. See, I I think there's three groups of us in here tonight. The first group, you guys are kind of like the Pharisee. You you would say, you know, I've never stolen anything. I've never killed anyone. I've never done anything extreme like that. I don't really have a big need for God in my life. And so because of that, Jesus says people like this, normally love little in their lives because they don't really see the need for him. The second group of you is some of you guys who are living a life of sin tonight in this room right now. And you're so caught up in it and you're happy with the way you're living. But here's what's gonna happen. Your sin's gonna catch up to you one day. I've seen it time and time again. And then you're gonna be the first person who wants the grace of God in their life. You're gonna be the first person who wants forgiveness. And so tonight, you could have it now. Don't keep living in what you're living in when God's grace is here and it's for you tonight. I hope you see that, this group of people. And then the third of you is like this sinful woman, right? You know that you've really messed up in your life. You know that you've done a lot of wrong things. And you are ashamed of it. And you understand 
how much you really need God's grace and forgiveness in your, in your life. That today, if, if we were to know everything that you've done wrong, you'd be really ashamed and you'd be really embarrassed. And so here's what I want you guys to know is even if you've never really sinned a lot, and, and if we were honest, we all know that we've done a lot wrong in our lives. If we really got to the heart of it, but just for argument's sake, let, let, let's pretend we're like this Pharisee and we really believe that we haven't sinned a lot in our hearts. Let's, let, let's pretend that for a second. Let's pretend this is the, the slate of your life. And if any blemish or any mark in your life happens, any sin is committed, then you can't get into heaven. And let's just say, just for argument's sake, that the only sin you ever committed in your life was one tiny white lie, something really small, kind of like that. I'm sure most of you guys can't even see that from where you are right now. That's something really tiny. But see, that one little dot right here is still enough to separate you from God forever. See, this would have to be perfect in order for you to get your way to him if, we, if it was done by works. Every single one of us in this room would have no hope in this life if that's how it were. And if we were really honest, we've done a lot of bad things. And, and I'll just show you guys what probably my slate looks like tonight if I, if I filled it with all the times and all the blemishes I have and all the times I've done things wrong. It would probably look a lot more worse than this. This whole thing would probably be black tonight. And I think if we were honest, all of us in this room would feel that same way. If it was up on here on stage tonight, it would, it would just be black. And we would be separated from God forever and have no hope. So really, all of us in this room that are Christians tonight have a big reason to be thankful. See, Jesus says those who have been forgiven little, love little, well, every single one of us in this room have a reason to love a lot, just like that woman. See, because this is what Jesus has done. He's, he's taken these markings through his grace, right? He's kind of done that. And he has covered it. He's covered it so much that it covers. It covers us tonight, guys. That that black in my life, all the sins that I've committed and all the things that I've done wrong are now covered by his blood and by his forgiveness because he was willing to send his son for me. That his son bled. And now when the father looks at me and, and, and now when my slate is held up, he doesn't see the black marks anymore. You know what he sees? He sees someone that's covered by the blood of Jesus. Someone whose life has been redeemed and saved. And tonight, if you have a lot of black marks on your resume, know this, that if you would accept God tonight and you would know him in a deeper way, that you would be covered by his blood. It's a free gift. It's an unmerited gift, guys. And it's amazing. That's the power of God's grace 
at work in our lives. It's to change us and to save us. And this woman understood that in her life, and she got it. And I hope that we learn from her, that we won't abuse grace that God has given us, that we won't use it as a license to go on sinning. Because here's what real grace does, is when you really get that, and when you really understand that picture, you can't live the same way. You can't keep living that same life of sin, because when you really get it, it changes you completely. When you know that there's been a huge debt paid in your place, You'll never forget that. And it has the power to change you guys completely. I've spoken about grace a bunch of times in my life. And the more I speak about it, the more I feel I'm far away from really understanding it. That's how amazing it is and how truly powerful it is. And my, my hope tonight is, is that we scratch the surface a little bit. My hope tonight is, is that we just get it a little bit better and we learn from this example tonight in scripture, that we would fall at the hands and feet of Jesus. Earlier I said that I would tell you guys why we love God so much and why these people are so excited about doing all these things. The Bible says the reason why we love God is because he first loved us. Here's a really cool thought. God is omniscient. That means he's outside of time, right? He knew what a failure I would be. He knew how much you would mess up, right? And he still chose to love us. He still chose to forgive us, forgive us, guys. That is really powerful when you think about it like that, is he knew we would mess up. He knew we would fall short, and he still came for us, and he still saved us, and he knows we'll turn our back. And, you know, often Paul writes in the scripture, he, he would go, you know, I, I'm a slave to God's love. Well, here's what I want to tell you guys tonight. And so we're a slave to God's grace. That you can mess up a million times in your life. And, and I know this is how it gets twisted, but you can mess up a thousand times. But if he is your savior, his love covers you tonight. But the first big step you need to take is that down the road that says, I don't want to go back to the places I were. See, I really believe that was the heart of that woman in that scripture. She never wanted to go back to the old person she was when she fell at Jesus' hands and feet. That's the first step, guys, of really understanding grace. It's walking down that next road of forgiveness in your life. And that's why it's so amazing. And it has the power to change you and I forever. So no, no matter where you've been or what you've done, God loves you and he cares for you tonight. And your sins are washed away as far as the east is from the west and your debt is paid. Let's pray. God, I thank you so much for everyone in this room tonight. And I pray, God, that they would truly know this in their lives, God, that you are for them, God. So what situation that's happened in their past can stand against them, God? You love them so much, God. And I pray that they would see that. That even if they messed up, God, even if they have fallen short in a lot of ways, I pray, God, that tonight they would receive your love and your grace in a new way, God. I pray, God, that we would be a church and a people that truly understood how awesome your grace is, God, and we would never abuse it. I pray, God, we would never use it as a license to distort grace, God but that we would always be so thankful for it. God, and we would learn from this woman
in this great picture of grace in our lives, God, and we would fall on our hands and our feet tonight and worship God, thanking you for all that you are. In your name we pray, amen.